This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke and I am joined remotely by my healthy friends, Matthew Loveridge and Simon Bromley. Today, we're going to be talking about the road tubeless standard mess. And in particular, we're going to focus on hookless rims, which are an emerging trend in the road tubeless market. Matthew's recently published a spicy expose talking about the state of the market. And to start things off, before we get into the nitty gritty, Matthew, tell us, give us some background on road tubeless and what hookless rims actually are. So road tubeless is something we've obviously talked about before on this podcast, but quick background. It's simply running without a tube in a specially designed rim with specially designed tyres. It's technology that has existed in mountain biking and almost completely taken over in mountain biking years ago. And it's kind of been waiting in the wings for road cycling for quite a few years now as well. And it's very well established in gravel as well, but there's a lot of overlap between gravel and road and the issues that we have with standards and everything. So road tubeless, you know, it's a bit of a mess in terms of standards. There's no really, on the mountain bike side of things, there is a more established set of standards, but also much lower pressures. It's an older technology. But like I said, we've got this new emerging mess, potential mess that is hookless rims. So what is a hookless rim? So in a conventional clincher rim, there is what's called a bead hook, which helps retain the tire. Hookless rims, as the name implies, do away with that bead hook completely. Now, again, hookless rims are something that exist in mountain bikes, uh, but they're relatively new to the world of road bikes. Their proponents 
claim that they have significant advantages. And it seems fairly well established that for carbon rims, they're much easier to manufacture. On the other hand, some tyre manufacturers currently don't approve their tyres for use on hookless rims. And we're in this situation now where if you buy a road tubeless tyre and a road tubeless wheel, you can't guarantee that they're going to work together. Different brands have approached this in different ways. There are wheel makers who are now publishing lists of tyres that they say will work. And tyre manufacturers are saying our tyre should work on most wheels, but there is not currently a unified approach to road tubeless. And that is obviously a problem from a rider's point of view, because basically you want there to be a unified standard so that when you buy a tyre, you know it's going to fit, you know it's going to be easy to fit, and you know it's going to stay on the rim while you're riding, because that's critical from a safety perspective. This is obviously something you've kind of come face-to-face with, Simon, isn't it, with your new long-termer? Yeah, so I've got a um, a giant TCR Advance Pro 2 disc. That's um, one of the new 2021 models, and it's got Giant's new kind of hookless wheel system. It's a very, very nice wheel system, you know, quite lightweight, carbon, carbon wheels, 40 two mil deep rims but yeah it's got a hookless rim and giant has a list of approved tires that's about five tires long and only contains tires from giant and giant sister brand kdex now there's nothing particularly wrong with the tires that you you get from giant they seem to be perfectly nice but obviously you know we like choice and i'm quite a tire fetishist and i really like tan wall tires so at the moment i'm sort of stuck in this I, you know, I, Giant says that they're talking to other tyre brands and they're going to come up with a kind of a, a, a much larger list, but we haven't really had any information on when that list is, is coming. And actually, I, I'm not entirely convinced the list approach is, is really the right one to take. No, I think this is something that we've thought a lot about here is that, you know, we obviously were paid to obsess about tech and look at these things and find these, you know, potential problems when we are reviewing products. But to the lay consumer, you know, it's it's you kind of expect that you could go and buy any road tubeless tire and fit it to any uh, any old wheel set, but that just isn't the case. And there are some quite notable exceptions. And you pulled some up in your article, Matthew, with the um, the GP five thousand. Yeah, that's right. So um, the Continental GP five thousand is the successor to the GP four thousand S two, which was basically our favourite all round road tire because it's fast and it was just the right amount of puncture resistance hugely hugely popular tire and it was always our go-to recommendation so the gp5000 came along and as well as there being a tubed version there was also a tubeless option it was continental's first dedicated tubeless road tire massive deal however if you inspect a gp5000 tl which is what they call the tubeless version on the sidewall it says only mount on hooked rims which means that if you're strictly following the letter of the law, you can't put that tyre on the latest wheels from the likes of Zip and Envy, for example, who are big proponents of hookless technology. And that obviously is a problem because there are lots of people who are going to want those nice fancy wheels and they're going to want to put those nice fancy tyres on them. And if you're being sensible because you should follow the recommendations of the manufacturers, then you're not going to fit those. Um We're in this weird situation. We keep being told that a road tubeless standard is coming. And when uh, Schwalbe, for example, launched the Pro 1 tyre last year, again, their kind of top top of the line all round race tyre, 
it was along with much fanfare saying like we finally agreed road tubeless which isn't really true that's the problem because what they were talking about was essentially what's it's the ETRTO standard which isn't really like a finalized thing ETRTO is the European Tire and Rim Technical Organization and it's a body that brings together lots of industry players and they agree standards for tires and rims and it does talk about road tubeless but it is not truly up to date when it comes to road tubeless and when it comes to hookless stuff it's particularly not up to date and it imposes this arbitrary five bar pressure limit at 73 psi which is relatively low by road standards and so that's one side of the standards problem and then you've got the international body which is the ISO international organization for standardization and supposedly they're going to agree a unified road standard but that also hasn't happened. And according to all the industry players that I've talked to, we're probably 12 to 18 months away from them coming out with that final standard. And in the meantime, it's up to brands to work it out between themselves what's allowed. And it's up to riders to do their research and work out what they can get away with, which is not an ideal situation. Yeah, as a question of liability, it's it's a potential mess. I mean, not to overstate it, but... You know, it's not unheard of to hear of incompatible but or that were seemingly thought to be compatible tyre combinations being used and there being fairly catastrophic results. So to us, for us to get to this stage and to have this technology, which is being quite actively promoted and released, it just seems crazy that we've got this far. So so what what is the holdup, do you think? It's It's very complicated. You can't... There isn't like one player in the game that's to blame for it. Essentially, the pace of change in the technology has greatly outstripped the standards. The standards have not kept up. uh, And there are people who want to take things in different directions. So the likes of Continental have made it quite clear that essentially they don't believe that hookless is the future for the road. So... It's not a priority for them to make their tyre work with hookless, but of course now they're coming under great pressure from the likes of Zip and Envy, who obviously... But no more than five bars of pressure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, at the other end of the spectrum, I think, to put things very much in context, road tubeless goes hand in hand with a bunch of other technological changes that we've seen on road stuff. Uh, So if you ask the likes of Zip, They're very much proponents of us moving to wider rims, much wider rims. Their latest ones are 23mm internal and 25mm internal. That's the 303S and the 303 Firecrest. Uh, And running tyres at much, much lower pressures. So you're talking about running, for example, a 28mm tyre somewhere in the kind of 50 to 60 PSI range. Obviously, it will depend on the rider weight, but thereabouts, which by traditional road standards is very, very low. And as a kind of proponent, a proponent, a nerd, I'm going to call you, Simon, of uh, rolling resistance and tyres and volumes, I mean, where do you sit on this debate? Do you think it's uh, the right move for the industry? I think it's probably the right move for road riders for whom kind of, you know, the, the general kind of average speeds are lower and they will benefit more from that kind of increased comfort, increased grip and the lower rolling resistance on rough roads that are wider a wider tyre offers. I don't think it's necessarily the right move for people who are you know, into, into time trials, for example, um, who are more concerned with perhaps aerodynamics 
and you know riding on really smooth roads i think the main problem for me is that it it it's, it limits your tire choice so much and i think that you know the gp5000 is a great example because you know we love that tire and it's quite universally loved and you know it tests really really well and if you can't use one of or any of the kind of best fastest tires you know the the kind of minor performance gain from having a slightly wider rim and and a, and a hookless rim that makes the tire profile better is is going to be massively outweighed by the fact that you can't use those low rolling resistance tires so it that's that's a balance that might get sorted you know if if continental was to make the gp5002 compatible with hookless rims but right now the fastest tire and wheel combination is probably not going to be a hookless one because you're so limited with tire choice See, I think Zip would probably disagree with you there because they were telling me the other day how they've done all this testing. And they've now moved away from wind tunnel testing towards um, live testing using what they call an aero stick. So it's like live CDA calculation and stuff. And they are genuinely moving to saying that overall, in every respect, you're better off with the slightly wide, wider tyres at the slightly lower pressures, and their latest wheels are optimised for 28mm tyres because they are super, super wide. So I take that, and, and if that's true, that's, that's okay, but then it would be they would be testing with their own Zip Tangente tyres, and I think, you know, I haven't ridden those, I'm sure they're fine tyres, but they're kind of... I would imagine the Continental tyres are even better, so the ideal situation would be to have, you know, the kind of Zip wheels with the best tires and yeah you know obviously I I saw Zip's data I wrote the kind of uh, story for the Firecrest one and I think you know to be fair to to be fair to that data it was about testing on basically a gravel road and at slightly lower speeds than perhaps you know you might expect in a a road race or a time trial or something like that so and, and so that was kind of coming back to my my point about you know for for most people who aren't doing time trials then yeah it probably would be faster but I, f- I still think, yeah, even even given accepting that data as, as true, it, you could still gain a lot by switching to a faster tyre. And on the note of you speaking to Zip, you, you know, we've done our due diligence here, Matthew. We haven't just presented our uh, hateful opinion in this piece. So you spoke to other brands and what was their kind of take as a whole from the industry? It very much depends who you ask. Um, like I say, Continental is very conservative. Um, but then you look at Schrauber, for example, another major tyre manufacturer. They they say their tyre, particularly, I was talking about the Pro 1 particularly, but which is the all-round race tyre, they say that should work on any tubeless rim. However, when you look at their kind of ideal rim, which they give specs for on their website, that is a hooked rim. So, you know, they may be hedging their bets a bit there. And then you get... I also had a really long chat with uh, Mike Bush from Stan's No Tubes, who are possibly the oldest player in the tubeless game, but they are more heavily on the mountain bike side. And they make rims, which they call in-house. It's not an official designation. They call damn near hookless because their bead hook is really minimal. And that works really well for them. But they have the problem that their technology doesn't really line up with some of the direction that the standards seem to be taking and they're trying to work with the industry to not kind of orphan all of their products but at the same time contributing meaningfully to new standards and this is a real tricky because the standards are not settled you've got new products coming out all the time some of which aren't going to 
conform to the current ETRTO norms, which is sort of incomplete, some of which aren't going to conform to whatever ends up being agreed, because obviously you can't agree, you can't conform to something if you don't know what it is. And yeah, we're just in this this endless sort of chaotic state until the standards get nailed down. A question I never thought to ask, actually, when you wrote the original piece, but do you think the impetus and the the kind of strength behind uh, trying to make the new standard, do you think that'll come more from the tyre manufacturer side or more from the wheel side? Who who will have more influence in this case, do you think? Well, the discussions happen, including both. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of liability, the sense I've got is that the wheel makers are waiting for the tyre makers, but then mm-hmm. some of the tyre makers would likely say the opposite. I mean, it is. It has mm-hmm. to be a collaborative thing because part of, part of the problem with the standards as they are right now is that they haven't really dealt properly with the interaction between the two things. So they might have said they might have given some dimensions for a rim, but they don't talk about exactly how those how that rim goes with the tire. Uh, and in tubeless, that's so so critical because it's all about the fit, and you need that trade off between easy fitting and removal of a tire and safety. And that's really dependent on tolerances. And then if you throw into the mix the fact that a lot of tubeless rims are designed to be taped, which effectively increases their size, but then is there a standard for how that's done? There are so many variables that it's really tricky for someone to make a blanket compatibility statement. It's interesting as well to note that we've only talked, well, that hookless is just uh, limited to carbon wheels at this stage. So how alloy wheels are going to fit into this mix? You know, say they do, for example, decide that hookless is the, you know, the ultimate solution. That just is such another can of worms that's yet to be resolved. There is a potential divergence there in the tech because the advantage from a manufacturer's point of view of going hookless with carbon, aside from the purported performance benefits, is that it's easier to make a hookless rim because essentially you're not trying to mould a thing inside. It's hard to explain without visuals, but a hook gets in the way when you're trying to do a moulding, so you have to have like a removable tool when you do your moulding process. Now, if you're making an aluminium rim, it's a totally different process because aluminium rims are extruded into a sort of loop and then they're joined. And that means that it's harder to control the diameter very precisely, which matters a lot for tubeless but it's easier to make a hook. So there's not much incentive from a manufacturer's perspective to make a hookless alloy rim. But that doesn't mean that won't happen. You know, you kind of said probably 12 to 18 months for a kind of standard. I think a good question to ask, because we, we talked a little bit about this before, but from both of your perspectives, what do you think the solution for now is? Because between now and the next 18 or more months, people are going to be buying tubeless wheels and tubeless tires. So is the kind of the route of publishing compatibility charts, is that the right thing to be doing or does it just add confusion to the mix? What do you think people should be doing, Simon? It's a really tough one. I'm not sure I've got an answer, to be honest. Um you know, I, I I'm not sure if we mentioned this already, but another thing with hookless rims is it means you cannot use standard clincher tires either. So you're completely um, you you have to use a tubeless tire because it needs to have that bead that doesn't stretch like a standard clincher. So then again, that reduces your kind of tire selection even more. Um, I think I'm falling on the side of I, I don't like the kind of I, I like the way that Zip 
is doing it in the sense of them saying that they think every tubeless tyre ought to be compatible with their hookless rims unless the tyre manufacturer specifically says it isn't because that obviously gives me more choice. Uh, The approach where you have a list is obviously reassuring when the tyre rim combination that you want to use is there. But if it's not there, you know, you then approach these messages of it's done at your own risk, etc, etc. Now, living in the UK, where we have our wonderful National Health Service, you know, I might be prepared to take a risk on an unapproved combination. But if I lived in, you know, if I lived in a in another Western country that famously doesn't have socialized yeah. medicine, I I don't think I would take that risk because I think it, we we come back to that as you say. But who would be liable in that situation? It would be you, the rider, and. You know, aside from the fact that you'd have to be end up with a big bill, you you could end up with some very serious injuries. It's, you know, it's it's pretty scary stuff. Mm. I think my my take is very much for the time being, do your research. So, when you're buying tires, buying wheels, make sure you know what the official approved stuff is. Follow those recommendations to the letter. And yeah, I don't think being a guinea pig is really worth it at this stage because you just don't know with some combinations having said that i like i say i've talked to wheelmakers and people quite a bit um zip told me that they've obviously done a lot of testing to prove hookless technology because they're not going to endorse it without being sure that it works and according to them the bead hook is actually not that important when it comes to safe tire fitting and it really is about those tolerances Uh, with bead seat diameter, which is what determines how tight a tyre is. And they told me, they wouldn't let me pass on the actual numbers, but the blow-off pressures that they were talking about for their hookless rims are extremely high. They're much higher than that five-bar number, like an order of magnitude larger. And they're not that much lower than the blow-off pressures for their hooked test rims, Mm. which is quite striking because that flies against the narrative of vote. The five bar number feels like a real red herring to me. It's it's kind of a hangover from mountain bike stuff in the standards, but it doesn't really have much bearing. So yes, you should observe the five bar number for now, if that's the recommendation. But it isn't quite as simple as saying like your tires are going to blow off above that. Also, it's in, a, in a similar vein, Envy told me that they do all their testing so that uh, a rim or tire Basically, the safety factor is one and a half. So for them to say that you can put 80 PSI in their wheel with a tubeless tyre means that they've tested it to 120 PSI without it blowing off. So there is a really large margin built in there. We, sh- we should say, of course, though, that you know if you are running you know, hookless and in these wider rims are more optimised for the likes of like a 28mm tyre. And if you are having to run over 80 PSI, it'd be fairly unusual. You know, the advantages of these larger volume tyres is that you can run lower pressures, more comfortable, lower rolling resistance, all that good stuff. So the kind of maximum uh, you know, pressure you can hit, it's, it's not a target. It's just a, it's a maximum. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> true. Like... There aren't very many people who really have any good reason to be running a 28mm tyre at more than 5 bar. If you're a really, really heavy rider, maybe. But even then, quite possibly not. Mm. I mean, I, I these days, on a 28mm tyre, 
I'd, I'd go as low as 60, depending on where I'm riding, quite happily. If it was a tubeless setup, you know, tubeless, I'd, I'd be a bit more conservative. But yeah, you know, and I weigh just shy, just shy of 70 kilos now. So there you go. Yeah. So it's a mess for now. You know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's clear the standards are happening, you know, how quickly it's going to happen and with how much willing collaboration between brands remains to be seen. Um, but I think closing on Matthews, you know, stressing that please do your research because it is a bit of an unknown out there. And uh, don't be afraid to ask questions of tyre manufacturers as well as wheel manufacturers, as well as your own independent research. I think, you know, we should, no, no consumer should be afraid to ask those questions. And if you want to read the full scoop, make sure you check that thing on bikeradar.com. There is one final point that the uh, the wheel makers would like me to make, which is that um, <laughs> they are very keen, those proponents of hookless rims, to counter the narrative that this is solely for their own benefit to make manufacturing simpler because they would say that moving to a hookless design for a carbon rim gives them more control of the process and therefore is actually safer because if they have more control, they can build to tighter tolerances. And so that there are real performance advantages as well and that there is an overall real-world real benefit for riders. Critics of hookless would disagree, but I do tend to believe them when it comes to carbon rims. Yeah, I think I'd fall sort of somewhere in the middle with that. Like, I think the potential upsides of that, it, it you know, it's easier to manufacture a tighter tolerance rim. You know, it should be less sort of waste as well, environmentally speaking, which is good. Um, it, it also can help the sort of tire profile, which is also better. I think I'm I'm kind of on board with all of those benefits. Um, it just it just feels like. Yeah, people their people are kind of pushing ahead slightly too quickly when it would be nice if if these things you know were just agreed nicely before they were released out into the public. But um, but maybe that you know that this is always the way. I don't want to hold back the technology at the same time. So it, it it's just a matter of being careful, I guess. Well, I'm sure somebody listening will definitely want to hold back the uh, endless <laughs> tide of technology. And yes. We're delighted to hear that your tubular tires still work fine. Good for you. <laughs> you hold that torch. <laughs> no judgment. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I was Jack Luke. Thank you very much to Matthew Luffridge and Simon Bromley. Again, head to bikeradar.com for the full read on this. It's a really chunky one, almost as chunky as the 28 mil tires on Matthew's bike. A great read. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.